0: Welcome to Watchman on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, Pastor Larry begins a deep dive into the world of preterism, and he answers the question, what happened to America? As we begin a new week together, I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who attended the Tri-Cities Tennessee Prophecy Conference this past weekend. A capacity crowd heard 11 outstanding speakers and got access to brand new resources. A special thank you as well to radio station WHCB 91.5 FM and Pastor Dale Cunningham and his congregation at Boones Creek Bible Church. Our next conferences are in Fort Wayne, Indiana, April 22nd and 23rd, Wichita, Kansas, May 6th and 7th, and Anchorage, Alaska, June 24th and 25th. Get all the details on our website, swrc.com. That's swrc.com and click on events. Preterism, the belief that all Bible prophecy was fulfilled in 70 AD. It's a pervasive belief in many churches today. Our host, Dr. Larry Spargemino, offers insightful analysis and a thoroughly documented study of what could be the most significant trend in these last days.
1: Has God's covenant with Israel ended? Was all future Bible prophecy fulfilled in 70 AD? Joining me today to answer these questions and more is the host of The Watchman on the Wall, Dr. Larry Spargamino. Today we're going to talk about his book, The Anti-Prophets, which examines the view of the end times known as preterism. Dr. Spargiamino, it's great to have you here in the studio with me today.
2: Super, super duper time we'll have. We always do a good interview together. Thank you.
1: I'm a theologian, you're a theologian, and I've been studying Bible prophecy for 25 plus years. My wife said to me the other day, she said, to me, you know, I'm married to a theologian, but I don't know what this term is, preterism. What is this preterism? And there may be people out there listening who are not familiar with preterism. So for those who don't know, what is preterism, Dr. Spardimino?
2: Well, James, preterism is the view that virtually all of the prophecies in the Bible have already been fulfilled. In other words, they were allegedly fulfilled in the first century AD, about 2,000 years ago. There are basically two kinds of preterism. One kind of preterism is partial preterism, and that's the view that says that almost all of the prophecies in the Bible have been fulfilled, with one exception, the second coming. Partial Preterists do believe that Jesus Christ is coming back physically and literally. I was saved in a Reformed church in New York City, and I was a Partial Preterist. There are a lot of Partial Preterists today. There are some good Christian authors and teachers who are Partial Preterists, like R.C. Sproul and D. James Kennedy, and of course, they are terribly wrong in their eschatology. The other kind of preterist is the full preterist. Full preterism teaches that all prophecy has been fulfilled, even the second coming. Jesus is not coming back. He's already come back a second time to judge Israel. He used the Roman armies in A.D. 70 to judge Israel for rejecting her Messiah. Now, that's really rotten theology.
1: Now, from my understanding, Dr. Spargimino, preterists allegorize or they spiritualize a lot of Bible prophecy.
2: Well, that's right, James. They don't take prophecy literally. We read the book of Revelation, for example, and see all of these horrific things happening, and we think, wow, things are going to get really bad. And your preterist friend, if you have one, would say, oh, all of that has already happened. You find that hard to believe. Well, what about the wars, the famines, the oceans turning to blood? When did that happen, you ask? And the preterist would say, oh, that's allegorical language. You don't take prophecy literally literally. Only the cults take prophecy, literally. And then you ask the preterist, well, do you have any Bible verses to prove what you're saying? And the preterist would smile and say, yes, we have a lot of Bible verses to prove what we believe. For example, the book of Revelation speaks about things which must shortly come to pass. And if it says that, it does not mean thousands of years in the future, it means shortly. And so in the Olivet Discourse, Jesus says, this generation will not pass away until all these things come to pass. This generation means the people who were living in the days when Jesus was on the earth. So you scratch your head and you say, wow, I never saw that. But you first want to find out what your preterist friend thinks about Bible prophecy and Israel. So you ask him, how does Israel fit into the prophetic picture? And your friend says, it doesn't. Israel has rejected Jesus Christ Israel has no special future. God works with all people. Salvation is not connected to genes. God is now dealing with the church, the body of Christ. But what about 1948, when Israel became a nation? Isn't that significant? Doesn't that mean anything, you ask your preterist friend? And he smiles and says, oh, come on now. A lot of nations became nations in the 1940s, like Pakistan and Bangladesh, and some African nations. Just because Israel became a nation is no big deal. Furthermore, the Jews are oppressing the Palestinians. The West Bank has occupied territories. The Jews are bombing Palestinians and destroying their homes. The UN has passed many resolutions condemning Israel. Many evangelicals don't want to admit the truth. Groups like Hamas and Hezbollah, they're freedom fighters. They are fighting for their land. Now, of course, James, I don't believe any of that. Israel is not occupying Palestinian territory. There never has been, until very recently, a Palestinian state and never a Palestinian nation. There's no Palestinian language and there are no ethnic Palestinians, nor is there a Palestinian race. Palestinians come from all over the Middle East and elsewhere. They are terrorists who are receiving weapons and munitions from radical Islamists like Iran and elsewhere. They blow up Jewish buses, Jewish restaurants. Their children from their youngest age learn to hate Jews. Their mothers teach their kids that the most wonderful thing they can do is die as a martyr, killing Jews. So that's how serious preterism really is.
1: It's sad, too, they're replacement theologians. They replace the Jewish people with the church. Now, some would say that you're sanitizing Jews and denying that they've done anything wrong. It's like the Jews are okay and Israel as a nation has never done anything wrong. What would you say to that?
2: Well, I certainly don't believe that. Actually, the Bible teaches that Israel has departed from God and that during the tribulation, Israel will be judged and punished. As a matter of fact, Zechariah 13 and verse eight says, and it shall come to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, Two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third shall be left therein. So what the scripture is saying, that there is a time coming when two thirds of the Jews in the land of Israel will be killed. They will be cut off and die, but that remaining third shall be left in the land. And then the next verse, Zechariah 13 verse nine says, and I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name and I will hear them. I will say, now listen to this, it is my people and they shall say, the Lord is my God. Now James, nothing like that has ever happened before. So preterists try to fit that into something that has happened to Israel in the past, but it doesn't fit. How can they do that? Nothing like that has ever happened. Two thirds of Israel's population has never been killed. And the remaining third revived, but it will happen in the future. So I don't sanitize everything that the Jewish people have ever done any more than I sanitize everything that the United States of America has done, but God has an eternal and everlasting purpose for the Jew and for the land of Israel.
1: I was listening to Chuck Missler on television the other night, and Chuck passed away, gone to be with the Lord several years ago, but Chuck was talking about preterism and he was talking about a friend of his and he used to tease his friend, he'd say, sad day, sad day, Jesus can't come back today, and tease his friend like that. So what exactly are the implications of preterism?
2: Well, James, both kinds of preterism have radical implications. Ideas have consequences and preterist ideas have consequences that are wide ranging. If the tribulation, for example, has already occurred, then there is no rapture of the church. You would have to believe that the church has already been raptured. Furthermore, if the tribulation has passed, premillennialism cannot be true. Israel does not have a future national blessing. The current nation of Israel is not prophetically significant. And our current state of existence would have to be in the millennial kingdom or the new heaven and the new earth. There would be no future antichrist, no future false prophet. There would be none of the tribulation events and people, such as the two witnesses, that we read about in prophecy. So to put it plainly, the perspective on the future being held by millions of Christians around the world would have to be radically changed. If we are in the millennium now, then Satan is now bound and his activity has been greatly curtailed. I don't see how any reasonable person could maintain that Satan is now bound. I mean, you know, R.C. Sproul holds that view. Now, he's a good man, he teaches a lot of good things, but I would have to strongly disagree with Dr. Sproul or Mr. Sproul on that. That is unbelievably wrong.
1: So the logic then would say Preterists don't believe in spiritual warfare because Satan is now bound, and I guess they don't believe that there are demons, demonic activity, demonic obsession, and demonic possession, correct?
2: You're exactly right. That is very dangerous. I mean, Ephesians six twelve and 13 says, "...for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God." that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And the preterist says, forget it, there's no battle. Don't worry about that, the battle is over. Satan is now bound. Well, you know, I believe that God wants to bring revival and he is already bringing revival in certain parts of the world but we have to engage in spiritual warfare. We have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We have to pray in the Spirit. We need to covet the power of Almighty God to break satanic strongholds, but preterists say there are no strongholds. James, this is awful. This is dangerous. It cripples the church. It cripples missions and evangelism. It is totally erroneous and equips the church, not for victory, but for defeat. So I am against preterism.
1: (laughs) I'm talking today with Dr. Larry Spargiamino about his book available right now by calling 1-800-652-1144. That toll-free number again is 1-800-652-1144 or you can order a copy online now at swrc.com. Dr. Spargiamino, this is amazing to me. Preterists have so distorted prophecy that it is virtually unrecognizable. So for the preterists, I would think that they have to date the book of Revelation quite early, like before the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. If they believe the tribulation occurred in 70 AD and the book of Revelation predicts the tribulation, which they believe occurred in AD 70, then the book of Revelation must have been written
2: before AD 70, right? Yes, sir. That's exactly what they believe. You know, preterists need to date the book of Revelation before A.D. 70, like around A.D. 66 or 67. An early date for the writing of the book of Revelation is absolutely necessary for the Preterist view point to be valid. Now, I think that this is the Achilles' heel of Preterism. Most scholars hold to a much later date for the writing of the book of Revelation, like around A.D. 90. If Preterists are wrong here, their whole view collapses. If we futurists are wrong and if the book of Revelation were written pre AD 70, we haven't really lost anything. But if they're wrong, they have lost the argument. Now, I attended a debate between Dr. Mark Hitchcock who argued for the late date and Hank Hanegraaff, the Bible Answer Man, who argued for the early date, he believes, like most preterists, that the Book of Revelation was written during the reign of Nero, AD 37 to 68, who is allegedly, according to him, the Antichrist of Revelation 13. Now, the debate between Dr. Hitchcock and Mr. Hanegraaff occurred at the annual pre-trib study group meeting, Dallas, Texas, on December the 10th, 2007. Several videos of the debate can be accessed on the internet. Dr. Hitchcock had written his PhD dissertation on the dating of the book of Revelation and he made a number of irrefutable points that Mr. Hanegraaff couldn't handle. Dr. Hitchcock later told me that he had sent Mr. Hanegraaff a copy of his dissertation several months earlier, but Mr. Hanegraaff evidently had not even read the dissertation. He didn't know anything about what Mark Hitchcock had said and he was devastated. Of course that's representative of the preterist mindset that we futurists are a bunch of bungling idiots and have nothing really significant to say so why read a preterist phd dissertation he couldn't learn anything he knows that they're wrong well he was blasted i challenge any preterist to go to the youtube and see the debate between mark hitchcock and hank hanegraaff and the only thing that hank hanegraaff could do was stand there and smile but he had nothing worthwhile to say, and I challenge any preterist to look. Your argument is dangling on a spider web, and it's going to break. I think it's broken already because there's a lot of people like us who are presenting a legitimate critique of preterism.
1: Well, you mentioned the emperor Nero. Do I understand you correctly? Preterists hold that the Roman emperor Nero, who his reign ended in A.D. 68, they hold that he is the Antichrist, correct?
2: Yes, that's what they believe.
1: Well, this is all very significant, I think, and very wrong. According to Revelation 20, verse 3, Scripture tells us that Satan is bound so that he should deceive the nations no more. But what we see today is nothing but worldwide deception. So many of the leaders, even in our own beloved country, the United States, are so deceived they call good evil and evil good. So according to preterism, the Antichrist has already come. In their view, they believe Nero
2: was the Antichrist, correct? Yes, Nero, you know, was the Antichrist in the book of Revelation. But there is a major problem with that, and their contention is easily demolished. Now, Revelation 13, 18 says this, here is wisdom— let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. That is six, six, six. The Apostle John provides the reader with an important clue to the identity of the person known as the beast. Preterists generally argue that the Jewish practice of gematria demonstrates that John had narrow in mind. Now, What is gematria? Well, gematria is a Jewish alphanumeric code in which Hebrew letters and words are assigned specific numerical values. Hanegraaff insists that John's original audience would have been absolutely certain that their calculations identified Nero as the beast. Now here, I think this kills that Preterist contention. Preterist Ken Gentry admits that the preterist view requires a rare spelling of Nero Caesar that is decidedly not the most common spelling and that it must include an additional Hebrew letter. The letter transliterated none. To put it plainly, Emperor Nero doesn't fit with a 666. And using the rules of Gematria, Nero is not the one. That's a very powerful argument against his being the Antichrist.
1: I understand when Hank Hanegraaff revealed that he was a preterist, the Bible Answer Man was pulled off many, many, many radio networks, several major Christian radio stations, no longer air the program. Once again, we're talking with Dr. Larry Spargemino about his incredible book. It's eye-opening, and the book is available now by calling 1-800-652-1144 or you can order online at swrc.com. What are
2: your experiences with preterism? Well, James, I was saved in the Christian Reformed church in New York City. I really learned a lot in that church and received my call from God to preach what I was there. The pastor and most of the church members were Chinese, and I learned a lot about the persecuted church, and especially about Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and so on and so forth. However, the pastor and denomination were amillennial and basically moderate preterists. Uh, They held to replacement theology and also believed that Satan is now bound. Because of Romans 11 and several other passages, I began to question replacement theology. And I also noticed that some of the missionaries on the mission field were actually encountering demonic activity. They were encountering people on the mission field who were obviously struggling against demons. There was a missionary whom I personally knew who was in a remote area of India. No one spoke English, but he told me of meeting a woman who appeared to be possessed. And when he went to the village where she lived, this woman cursed Jesus and cursed him and cursed Christians in English. No one in the village spoke English, but she did and cursed Jesus in a deep, guttural voice. So. You might say my amillennialism was having some real problems. My amillennialism was taking a real heavy hit from the Word of God and from what's going on in the world, and that was many years ago. It's gotten far worse, so don't tell me that Satan is bound. I will smile and walk away.
0: Dr. Larry Spargimino makes his case against the belief that all Bible prophecy was fulfilled in 70 AD in his book, Preterism on Trial. Every pastor, Christian leader, and informed believer needs to read this insightful analysis and thoroughly documented study of the leaders and teachings of what could be the most significant trend in these last days. Preterism on Trial by Dr. Larry Spargimino. Order your copy today when you call one 800 652 144. That's one 800 652 1144 Or order preterism on trial through our website, swrc.com. Pastor Larry, w- would you please return to the microphone for a few more moments and answer a question that is on a lot of people's minds right now? America is seemingly in decline. Pastor Larry, why has this happened?
2: Most Americans sense that something is sadly wrong in America. The inflation that is raising prices at the gas pumps, creeping socialism, social unrest, Russian aggression in the Ukraine, and a host of seemingly impossible situations is coming upon us like a tidal wave. The bodies of the innocents murdered in the Ukraine stare at us and are stark reminders of our moral senility. Why has this happened to us? The Russian dissident and freedom fighter Alexander Solzhenitsyn, a Russian novelist, historian, and short story writer, was born in 1918. He was an outspoken critic of the Soviet Union and communism. He was born into a Russian Orthodox family, but left the faith because of bad influences and the material he was reading. Solzhenitsyn's terrible experiences in the gulag, however, convinced him to totally abandon Marxism he began to return to his early Christian faith. Solzhenitsyn's first public speech in the United States was delivered in June of 1978 at the Harvard University commencement ceremony. He was granted an honorary degree. The honor and respect that was originally given to him, however, quickly turned into hatred and ridicule. Some actually booed him. He began his speech by saying the Western world, particularly the United States, had lost its courage in confronting evil. He said America's foreign policy was based on, quote, weakness and cowardice. He then asked an embarrassing question. How did the West decline from its triumphal march to its present sickness? Solzhenitsyn claimed it was because of the elevation of man over God. He pointed out that humanism always leads to materialism, and materialism leads to moral poverty. Though Solzhenitsyn was booed, he was absolutely correct. When Solzhenitsyn was 65, he gave another address and stated, More than half a century ago, while I was still a child, I recall hearing a number of older people offer the following explanation for the great disasters that had befallen Russia. Men have forgotten God. That's why all of this has happened to us. Then he continued and said, If I were asked today to formulate as concisely as possible the main cause of the ruinous revolution that swallowed up some 60 million people, I could not put it more accurately than to repeat, Men have forgotten God. That's why all of this has happened to us. Solzhenitsyn continued his address and then he said, I would be unable to find anything more precise and pithy to repeat once again, men have forgotten God. Significantly, we in America could repeat the same words to assess the cause of America's ruinous descent into confusion and weakness. In the words of Isaiah 59 verses 1 and 2, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Verses 9 and 10 develop the previous idea. Neither doth justice overtake us. We wait for light, but behold obscurity. For brightness, but we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we have no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. Not only have we forgotten God, we seem bent on violating every moral principle, stepping over every boundary, and approving every abomination. Isaiah 59 verse 3 says, For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity, your lips have spoken lies, your tongue hath uttered perverseness. The biblical principle is, To whom much is given, much is expected. Much has been given to America far more than we deserve. We have not had a major war fought on our soil, like is occurring right now in Ukraine. The closest we got to it was 9-11. We've had great abundance. Many working Americans are able to take vacations and cruises and visit far and distant lands that only government officials, kings and presidents in other countries have been able to afford. Most have enjoyed life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, the philosophy of humanism has been gaining the ascendancy in America. The philosophy of humanism is, in fact, the religion of Satan. It is the belief that man is the master of his destiny and is capable of solving all his problems apart from divine intervention. The humanist considers God to be a totally irrelevant myth that has been used by religions to enslave mankind. Biblical truth and the belief that truth is absolute has been rejected for a system of ethics based on corrupt human needs and selfish convenience. All traditional beliefs like marriage, family, and the home are allegedly simply cultural constructs that have come through evolution in necessity. Supposedly, later stages of evolution will require mankind to develop new beliefs and new ideas to accommodate man's increasing knowledge and self-sufficiency. Those who want to impede progress with traditional religion have to be demonized and ridiculed. So where are we now? Do we have moral fiber to oppose evil? Or was Solzhenitsyn correct many years ago when he faulted the United States with, quote, weakness and cowardice? Following the inauguration of Joe Biden as president, Jonathan Cahn gave a prophetic warning for Biden and America. Khan began his 13-minute on-camera video released on social media with the warning George Washington gave during his very first presidential address to the nation. The propitious smiles of heaven cannot be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules of order and right that heaven itself has ordained. In his prophetic warning, Kahn mentioned the slaughter of the unborn, then gave a warning to Mr. Biden that even made me shudder. To you, Mr. President, and all who have joined you in this agenda, heed this warning. This day will pass. The applause of men will fade. This administration will inevitably be over. The world will pass away. But you will stand before God and give account. In 1990 Solzhenitsyn's Soviet citizenship was restored and in 1994 he and his wife returned to Russia. He died in 2008 of heart failure at the age of 89. Scripture reminds us that a prophet never finds honor in his own country. Nor did Alexander Solzhenitsyn in his or in his adopted country. His native country expelled him and America shut her ears to his fervent warnings and is pleased to return to God. We are now suffering the consequences.
0: Order your copy of Preterism on Trial by Dr. Larry Spargimino when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order online swrc.com. The second coming, the blessed hope, or a blasted hoax, find out tomorrow. Be sure and tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com.